Welcome to the Struggle Well School podcast. I'm Emily Thomas, and each week I bring you some thoughts on, well, our thoughts. Our thoughts can lead to dark places or lovely ones, but I've learned that struggling well is an inside job. You have the power to take those squirrely thoughts captive and replace them with truth, but with about 70,000 thoughts a day, we have our work cut out for us. The good thing is we know that perfection is nonsense and peace is a perspective shift away. School is in session. Let's get to shifting. Oh, hi, here I am. I have been looking all over for you. Where have you been? Just kidding. I love to do that with my kids. If I take a long time to get ready for something, I like to pretend like I was waiting on them the whole time. Just a little mind game I like to play with my children and now with you. So anyway, I miss you. Miss y'all. Miss this little pod. So here I am. I'm back. And I'm really excited. But I wanted to answer the burning question that I think you might be having, which is where in the actual world are Rebecca and Katie? Well, I hate to say it, guys, but we got in a big old fight and we're enemies now. Just kidding. That wouldn't happen. That would never happen. We stopped recording in November because we were all headed in some new directions and it felt like a good time to stop. And me starting this up again, I'm doing it with their blessings. They're both super fine with it because they're doing other things. And maybe they'll even come back on and say some words at some point. Who even knows? But everything's fine. They're fine. I'm fine. We're fine. So back in November, when we stopped recording, my reason was that I was working at a busy emergency room in Dallas. I was in grad school to be a nurse practitioner, and it was a whole, whole lot. I actually thought that I was managing all of it fine. But one day after a very traumatic day at work, I came home and I told my husband about a patient who passed away on my shift. We had tried everything we could to save them, but it didn't work. And it was my first time talking about it that day because as soon as the patient passed away, like two minutes later, I had a new patient in the same room. Not to mention I had three additional other patients the whole time. So anyway, there's not a lot of time to be a real person when you work in the emergency room because the emergencies come at you so fast. So after work, I was planning to stop for a moment and chat with my husband for a second, tell him about my day, hear about his day, and then move on to study for this class that I was taking that I was completely failing. I was spending every free moment on it and I was still getting F's on all the tests. And it wasn't just me. Most people had to take this class about three times. So anyway, it was a very stressful season. So if you've been around for a while, the pod's been going for like seven years or something. I don't remember now. But anyway, I've told you about my husband. His name's Eric. He's lovely. We've been married for 18 years. He's patient. He's kind. He's hardworking. He really is an amazing dad and an amazing husband. He loves us very well. I personally think he got the short end of the stick in our marriage, but he doesn't seem to notice, so I'm not going to say anything. If you like the Enneagram, he's an Enneagram 9, which means he's a peacemaker, which means he makes zero waves and he's happy to be here. That's how he rolls. I highly encourage marrying an Enneagram 9 because it's a pretty sweet deal. Anyway, because largely I get whatever I want within reason because he genuinely isn't bothered about most things. But there's that 1% of the time that he decides to put his foot down and it's with such resolution that there's no moving that foot back up because the foot is down. It's been glued to the ground. It's become one with the cement. The foot is down. And it's really funny when he does do this because we're so unaccustomed to it because it happens so rarely that me and the kids are caught by surprise every time. And 
because he doesn't tell us the thing he's about to put his foot down on. He doesn't tell us it's a problem until it's so far gone to him and his opinion, which he's kept to himself low these many years that we didn't, we just didn't see it coming yet. Everybody's surprised. So anyway, in 18 years of marriage, I can only think of a handful of times that he's done this, but the first time was when we got married and I guess for years we had been holding hands in a way that bothered him. He never said anything. I didn't know it was a terrible way to hold hands. I thought it was a regular way to hold hands. We had been holding hands this way forever. And then one day he said, I'm not holding hands like that anymore. And he never has since. It just, the decree was handed down and it shall not be repealed. Anyway, and sometimes though, I like to hold hands like that just to bother him. And he's like, no, because he remembers that he has said it shall never happen again. So anyway, it's weird. It's just how he is. And and we, we make it through. But anyway, it recently happened again at this new house in Florida. He didn't like how... Me and the kids were keeping the area under the kitchen sink. I guess it was full of cleaning products. It's full of the grocery bags that we're going to use for dog poop later. I apparently he had been getting fed with, up with it for like 15 years. And one night he wasn't even mad, which is what makes it so amazing. He just calmly gathered me and the kids up in the kitchen and said, I forbid you from putting anything under the kitchen sink. He actually used the word forbid. We laughed so hard. I mean... We respect him and we definitely don't put things under the sink anymore, but we most assuredly talk about his use of the word forbid like once a week. We like to forbid each other from doing most things now and then we just laugh. So anyway, thankfully he's a good sport. He doesn't mind. Of course not. He's an Enneagram 9. Personally, I can't wait to see what he forbids us from next in like five years when he builds up enough pressure (laughs) to actually have an opinion about something. So anyway, I'm trying to paint a picture here of my husband, how easygoing he is, and take you back to the night with the dying patient and the failing grad school class. So I came in, he listened to me, he encouraged me, and then he said, I'm asking you to stop grad school. This is not good for us, and it's not good for you. And he phrased it like he was asking me, but I knew he was like low-key forbidding me to go. (laughs) Anyway, so... But I know him and I know he loves me and I know that he doesn't make any decisions quickly. He doesn't make decisions lightly and he only makes them with my best interests in mind. But I also knew that I wasn't studying for one more minute and I cannot explain my relief. You guys, I did not want to do grad school. I just felt a compulsion to do grad school. I don't know if you ever just get stuck doing a thing that you don't even necessarily want to do, but you don't know how to stop it. But that's how I was handling grad school. I didn't know how to get off the crazy train. So anyway, I know, though, part of my, you know, special problems is that I feel important when I'm accomplishing things. I feel security when I'm going to school. I feel security in making more money. So I really, for me, I thought grad school was giving me life, but really it was killing me softly, you know. So stopping was the best thing for me, but I never would have done it for myself. So another thing that has shifted for me that's made doing a podcast more realistic is that I work in a much less stressful unit now. When we moved from Texas to Florida, I moved from the emergency room to the cardiac cath lab. We're the ones who put in stents in your heart. We look at your arteries and we see if there's blockages. We are the ones who come in when you have a heart attack. 
things like that. So although a heart attack is stressful for the person having the heart attack, it's uh, not stressful for us because we do it all the time. So it's a very controlled situation. It's a very routine situation. And I just really love it. It's way better for my mental health. So anyway, a lot has shifted for me in these past months, which has opened up some time for me to do the podcast. But because throughout all of this, what's remained is that I really love encouraging women to seek God more. I love the concept of struggling well. I love continuing to find new ways to explore and grow. And I want to be able to share it with you. So the Struggle Well School, it's going to have the same heart as mom struggling well, but with a shift from the mom space into the general womanhood, mental health space, with a focus on growing and learning. And like I've said before, I love school. I love learning. So the plan for this podcast will be short little episodes full of the best things I'm learning and researching regarding struggling well. There's going to be some neuroscience, some stories, some talking about God, because that's just who I am and that's what I'm up to. At this point, they're going to be every other week because I'm still working full time but hopefully it can grow. So make sure you're subscribed and come along with me. I think it's gonna be really fun. So this past year, I've been captivated by the idea of renewing our minds and taking our thoughts captive. These are biblical commands, but previously I didn't really know how to do it or where to start. I felt mostly confused about those commands and I wish that I was a phone and could just get a new operating system installed while I sleep. I knew that something was wrong with my thinking And I kept telling my husband, I just need a new brain. And I got to be honest, the things that I'm learning and researching about neuroscience, we can actually get a new brain. It just takes a lot of intentionality and focus. And I am here for it. Ladies, it is possible to renew our minds and it does work, but it's slow. And sometimes it's grueling, but it's a very beautiful practice. Our minds are miracles and they're very literally reprogrammed by the thoughts that we choose. God designed it like that. So here are the basics of what I'm learning. The thoughts we think cause us to have feelings, which lead us to take actions. You repeat the cycle enough times and you get habits, which give you the results that make up your entire life. Thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to actions. So if you change what you think about, your life is going to change. Your brain is going to make neural pathways that are new and your results are going to be wildly different. It's that simple and that hard all at once. So the way we start to change our thinking is first to know what we're thinking. We need to get those subconscious thoughts into our consciousness so that we can examine them and see if they're even based in truth. Amazingly, what I've found for me is that most of the time they're not. I've been shocked at the garbage thoughts that are rolling around in my brain that I just operate out of. I take for granted that they're true because it's something that I thought that's not even remotely the way it works. The next thing we need to do is to take the most troubling thoughts, the ones that are really causing us pain, and get practical about what they're creating for us. Are they making us struggle or are they making us well? Our garbage thoughts put us on a struggle cycle, but our thoughts that are renewed, they're based in truth. They point us in the direction we want to go. Those are wellness cycles. So you can either be on a struggle cycle or a wellness cycle. I know that's a lot of information, but it's only the first episode. I made a PDF to help you get your thoughts out and to help you get a clear visual of what your thoughts are creating for you. So please go to strugglewellschool.com and download it for free. It's my gift to you. You can print it off, print off a bunch of them and do this every day. Ladies, we're the one species who is able to think about our thinking, to notice our thoughts, to watch our thoughts. So why would we not do this and renew our mind? 
So what you're going to get in this PDF is an area to download your thoughts. Just get them on paper. I encourage you to either set a five minute timer or just write until you've filled in all the lines. And then with a different color pen, maybe a highlighter, go through that same piece of paper again and read your thoughts. When you read it a second time, you can have a little more space between yourself and the thought. You can be a little more objective about it. And some things you think are just plain out wrong, but you didn't even know you were thinking them until you wrote it down. The second part of the PDF is going to be the cycle where you get to pick the thought that's causing you the problems. There's a struggle cycle on top and you get to work out what are you creating with that struggle cycle, the thought, the feeling, and the action. And then further down, there's a wellness cycle where you can pick a different thought, an equally true thought. This isn't about pretending. This is about renewing our minds. What's another way to look at the same situation and what is that creating for you? Does that head you in a direction you want to go? Probably. So many of you know, I lived in China for three years, about 10 years ago. And in China, they used to always say every coin has two sides. I got so tired of hearing that. It was cliche. It was very irritating. I hope I may never hear it again. However, I have to be honest. Every coin does have two sides and it's become one of my favorite things to say. There's a lot of wisdom in that. The fact of the matter is in any situation, there are at least two ways to think about it that are both true, but one is going to cause a feeling that's negative and garbage and your outcomes aren't going to be great. Then you're going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips about it. But the other thought of the same situation is going to make you feel a whole kind of different way. It's going to lead to better outcomes and ultimately better results, better habits and a better life. So why would we not choose that? We have so much untapped awesomeness because we don't know what we're thinking. So, The first part is the thought download. The second part is the cycles. Go to strugglewellschool.com and download those for free. So my plan for these episodes going forward is to have a thought that you can focus on, a journal prompt, a Bible verse for you to meditate on. They're going to be simple and short because you're busy and I'm busy. But if we do this together, we're going to make changes. Promise. So find me everywhere on social media at Struggle Well School because I want to connect with you there. Okay, so let me pray for us. Lord, your word says to renew our minds. And as our creator, you know how much of an impact that practice would have on us if we would just do it. I know right now, Lord, that I'm just scratching the surface of what that means, but I continue to be amazed and encouraged by what you're doing in my life as I slowly and consistently do the work of noticing my thoughts and holding it up to the light of your truth. Please help us this week to notice our thoughts and to start to replace our garbage thoughts with ones that lead to life, joy, and abundance. In Jesus' name, amen.